0: Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition.
1: Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, this show today is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness and our topic for discussion is nutrition for parkinson's. I'm Darlene Cavist. I've been a certified nutrition specialist and a licensed nutritionist since 1996. So over the past 20 years, you know, I've worked with hundreds of clients you as have. you know. <laughs> but honestly, in all those years, I've only worked with just a few clients with parkinson's disease. It is interesting to note that Parkinson's disease is, affects almost a, a 1 million people in the United States. Yeah. But 6 million worldwide, which is interesting. And I think it's even more shocking that every year, now this is every year, 60,000 people are diagnosed with Parkinson's. And I think that number is increasing every year. Yeah. So, you know, so when I was preparing for this show, I couldn't decide if we should talk about how we can prepare our clients and our clients' immune systems to protect us and them from Parkinson's disease. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, should we talk about nutrition, how it can help to calm down some of those symptoms? So I decided it was important to do both. And we actually need a longer show for this. (laughs) (laughs) And we may run over time. So possibly just hang in there with us. (laughs) You know, because, you know, this neurodegenerative disorder is very complex. And we want to explain how nutrition can be useful both to preventing this disorder and to reduce some of the symptoms. You know, I have the pleasure of working with two co-hosts this morning. They're going to keep me together. I know (laughs) it. (laughs) First, I want to introduce Leah Wetzel. She's been on the show many times, and she's a licensed nutritionist with a master's degree in nutrition and has been practicing nutrition therapy for how many years?
0: 11 years. 11 years.
1: You know, and I know that her clients appreciate her knowledge. I hear it all the time. And her ability to listen and understand what they're going through. Leah, we both understand that Parkinson's disease is a very complicated neurodegenerative disease, and I said it one more time and it. I got it out. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, at this point, there is no cure right that's That's kind of shocking and kind of sad. Mm-hmm. So as a nutritionist, I want to start our discussion by talking about what we can do to protect ourselves from the damage so that we can avoid getting Parkinson's or another neurological or neurodegenerative disease. I mean, how can we actually protect ourselves? Yes.
0: Well, hi, Dar. Hi. (laughs) It's great to be here with you this morning. It's
1: great to have you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I totally agree that, you know, we really need to talk about the importance of a strong cell membrane and really underlining, that that's why this is so important.
1: You know, and that's something, Leah, I don't think even people think about. I know. How do you protect that cell membrane? Right. Or how do you keep your cells healthy? Your
0: first line defense, yep. mm-hmm. right? Also, you know, I'd like to introduce our other co-hosts today joining us. Today is Brittany Thomas, and she is a registered and licensed dietitian, and she's been practicing nutrition for the past seven years, right? Brittany, what are some common symptoms that people with Parkinson's disease experience? Well,
2: good morning, morning. first of all. Uh, Parkinson's disease, it's a type of movement disorder, and it happens when nerve cells in the brain Don't produce enough of the brain chemical dopamine. Mm. So
1: that's kind of interesting, Brittany. It is. It's like your brain cells, your nerve cells are not producing enough dopamine. Dopamine.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, very low. And it's when those dopamine levels become very low that people... Uh, start to begin to see those Parkinson's symptoms.
1: You know, we talk about dopamine yeah. in a lot of our classes, don't we? We mm-hmm. do. So low dopamine is also associated with addiction, Yep. depression, eating disorders, mm-hmm. low energy, low focus. I mean, we could go on and on. Depression. 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 Yeah. Dopamine is an important neurotransmitter that affects both the movements, our body's movements, and our behavior. Just this little chemical
0: amazing
2: yes it's amazing and when those nerve cells in the brain don't produce enough of the brain chemical called dopamine symptoms often begin to appear and frequently the symptoms will start just showing up on one side of the body and then as the disease progresses later both sides of the body might be affected
1: so that's interesting too isn't it it is
0: it is you know a person with Parkinson's may start with trembling hands or maybe trembling legs or trembling jaw or arms. There may be stiffness of the legs or stiffness of the arms and the trunk of the body. Movement is slowed and poor balance and coordination start to show up.
2: Mm-hmm. And as those symptoms begin to worsen, people often have trouble walking, talking, or even just doing simple everyday tasks like cleaning or cooking. And then later people may have trouble swallowing, speaking, and then the depression really sets in for
1: them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Parkinson usually begins around the age of 60, but it has really been known to start much earlier. And it is more common in men than women. And since there is no cure for Parkinson's thus far, as nutritionist, I thought, how can I protect my brain from this neurodegenerative disease and this damage that is occurring? Yeah. So here's an interesting study was reported in the International Journal of Neurotoxicology (laughs) in the year 2000 that found that chronic exposure to some very common pesticides significantly increases the risk of Parkinson's disease. Now think about this. This study was done 18 years ago. Yeah. And I don't see it being flashed across no. the TV screen, or it's not uh, front page news. Right, but it should be.
0: It should mm-hmm. be. Yeah. yeah. And you know, really, Dar, uh-huh. you growing up on a farm mm-hmm. as a as a uh, a young one, right? Did you realize the typical type of large scale farming is one of the most dangerous occupants of? occupations you can have really as a farmer, you know, using these chemicals because of the large exposures to these chemicals.
1: Well, you know, it's really interesting. I think my dad was well ahead of, I don't know. He, he didn't believe in doing any of these chemicals. Right. I mean, I think all of our neighbors believed in him, yes. but he didn't. And so we didn't get that exposure, which now, as I look back, I think, gosh, he was really so knowledgeable, so ahead of his time. That I thank him for, oh, for you sure. know. for sure, yeah.
0: You know, so. working with, you know, a, a few of my Parkinson's clients myself, unfortunately, um, a lot of them have been farmers. Mm-hmm. And they have, some of them have realized that maybe some of their chemical exposure, specifically, there was talk about Roundup being um, maybe one of the reasons why. Um, they developed the condition, unfortunately, and have stopped. stopped so increasing.
1: it's interesting. Just before we started the show today, you were talking about going to a, a seminar that yes. you learn more about this
0: about glyphosate, yeah. which mm-hmm. is the active chemical in Roundup. Yes, and
1: and that it isn't just farmers being exposed to it is
0: right. So well, the largest consumption of of Roundup, this glyphosate, is. Uh, commercial use so it's what we're buying at menards or at home depot and we're using to spray weeds on our lawns um in our or on our crops maybe we have a garden so it that's where the that's where uh, roundup makes most of its sales we think a lot about the farming piece which is critical and Mm -hmm. important but it's it's really unfortunately all around us
1: but and you know what it, it the my neighbors have a service that comes out, yes, and I know that's what's being sprayed on their lawns, right, so I don't let my dogs walk on their lawns <laughs> <Do you laughs> <That's know?
0: smart. laughs> yeah our our so I live in in the heart of the city and i and I live next to a complex, um and the complex used to spray their lawn, and we we share a lot i mean we basically share our our, our yards together, and uh, the community itself um last year. Uh, went together and had the the building stop using mm. the Roundup on the lawn because they wanted bees. They they have a beehive on the roof, and the U of M wouldn't allow them have the beehive if they had Roundup on the lawn. So I oh. was very happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. because my kids would go and yeah. I mean it's only a couple feet away from us, and so you know it's hard to avoid these exposures.
1: I think one of the other places that we should caution people about is the golf course. Yeah, right and they don't even realize that they're getting exposed. And some of my clients have quit golf, golfing because of that.
0: Yeah, I have clients I've talked to about that yeah. too. Yeah.
1: Okay, we'll get on with the show. Yes, shelf. right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So in 2005, the report, the Environmental Working Group, or also known as EWG, found that DDT is still in the umbilical cords of babies, even though this chemical was banned decades earlier. This clearly shows the effects of toxic pesticides are long lasting. I and mean, sadly, this toxic chemical may be with us for another hundred years and continue to affect our health. You know, just think of it. Sixty thousand more cases of Parkinson's every year.
1: Wow. Lot. Yeah. The residue really is stays for a long time. Well, okay.
0: You know, before we get on to uh-huh. any more details on this, we gotta go to break. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and today we are discussing nutrition for Parkinson's disease. There is no cure at this time for this complicated neurodegenerative disease. But as with all chronic conditions, food makes a difference. Certain foods seem to increase symptoms, while certain foods calm symptoms. Stay tuned as we share valuable information about the foods that can calm Parkinson's symptoms. And next week, be sure to tune in as Cassie and Jennifer discuss when to use probiotics and prebiotics. We'll be right back.
1: Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, we have a saying, the more we know, the better we do. I like that. Yeah, which certainly fits if you or a family member has Parkinson's disease. You know, I really recommend an individual nutrition therapy appointment. And there's a couple of great books about this. The first book is Grain Brain by Dr. David Perlmutter. And the second book is Food, What the Heck Should I Eat by Dr. Mark Hyman. You know, both contain very useful information that you can actually apply. So when you look at all the research about Parkinson's, your food choices seem to have the most impact on the disease that I thought was really critical to think about as yeah. a nutritionist. You know, and of course, as a nutritionist, and you know, I'm totally passionate about nutrition and the power of nutrition. So I have to agree with Doctor, these two doctors because they see the power of nutrition.
0: Yeah, I agree, too.
2: And here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we're also really passionate about educating people about nutrition. So the more they know, you know, the better better they 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 get. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So starting October 15th, going into November 15th, we have five 90-minute classes that we're offering at all seven of our locations in the Twin Cities. And there are only 10 Dollars. That's a steal. It is. We just want people to get in the door and get some education.
1: And one of the classes, this new class, is um, holiday eating, holiday yeah. habits, you know, That'll looking at really the holidays good. in a, a new way.
0: Perfect timing. Yeah. For that. Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, we did this in August as well, and they the classes filled up so quickly. Yes. So highly recommend, get on our website, weightandwellness.com. And sign up for these. And you could even do five of them.
1: Yep, you, know? you can. Mm-hmm. I hope you get through the holidays.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so back to uh, talking about Parkinson's. You know, I'm sure many of you at this point are thinking, "So how can I actually protect my sp- myself? And, you know, one way I always think of things is we can't control everything we are exposed to. So control what you can. And one thing you can, can control is eating more organic fruits and vegetables, which will lower your exposure to those pesticides. In the environmental working group, they rank fruits and vegetables as either having the most or the least amount of pesticide residue. And this is something we talk a lot about in our weight and wellness class series. And so they call it the dirty dozen. And that is the twelve most contaminated fruits and vegetables, mm. and then the clean fifteen has the lowest traces
1: of pesticides. And so, Brittany, can you think of one of the the on the dirty dozen, just off the top of your head? Uh, berries, berries. Yeah. Yep, like strawberries.
2: It's typically those kind of thinner-skinned fruits yes. and vegetables.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one thing I always like to note with their testing system. Is that in their labs? What they do every year is they power wash these vegetables and fruits better than you could ever do at your house because people think, well, just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of wash it off, you know, if they if they're getting the non-organic, uh-huh. and then they test.
1: Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know produce. that. Yes. I
0: didn't either. And mm-hmm. then they test the produce. Okay. So, it, it's what's residues that's left after cleaning and they, they clean it as, as best as we could ever clean it. Mm-hmm. So that's a good note, you know, when you're making your choices. So
1: us. here's another interesting fact is that, I don't know how many people are aware that the average potato mm. has more pesticides by weight than any other produce. So if you're going to eat potatoes, we highly recommend buying organic potatoes yeah now think absolutely. but bring it back more is think of all the french fries our children mm-hmm. are eating every week at fast food restaurants are those potatoes organic no. no no so you know for many children and adults that alone is certainly a high exposure to pesticides so maybe that's a reason to say uh uh-uh, no we're not going to stop and get french fries today right you gotta be strong
0: yeah you gotta have reasons <laughs> to avoid that drive-through because yes. it's tempting mm-hmm. and the oils yeah too oh yeah which we're fats. gonna talk about yeah bad fats too yeah and here's some startling information a single sweet bell pepper contains 15 different pesticides 15 different pesticides in one pepper wow yeah collard greens and other leafy greens are are also of high concern because tests have found high levels of pesticides and insecticides with them as well, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And you know, once these chemicals and pesticides are in our body, they've been linked to Parkinson's, cancer, mm-hmm. autism. I mean, the list can go on and on. So, a recommendation to you is eat as as organic as you possibly can.
0: Yes, and start with that that listing that yep. the Environmental Working Group gives out every it's right on their website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you it, it's it's an it's an you know, this is a journey I have taken too with my food of, of transitioning to organics. I mm-hmm. didn't do it overnight. No. Nope. And so wherever your budget is and your dollars are, that's where you start. Um, look in those, those dirty dozen, and, th- and those are the ones you'd want to focus on if if you can't do it all.
1: So bell peppers and potatoes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> good place to start. It is a good place, mm-hmm. yep. So I want to take us up a notch in our thinking. Okay. You know, w- w- so how are these harmful chemicals, what do they do in our cells? And how do we protect our cells and get strong membranes so the inside of our cells are protected? So that's what we want to kind of go to next. Yes. How are we doing for time? I don't even know. We still
0: have a few more minutes, okay. so Great. I can I can kind of get into a little bit of this biochemistry. Okay. All right. Okay. So here it comes. Here's some simple biochemistry that we teach in our weight and wellness class series. We want you to understand that each and every cell in your body has a membrane around it that's a membrane made up of fat. So think of it like a fat layer around the outside of our cells.
1: That's a good, great explanation. Yes. So here's something also interesting is one half of your cell membrane is made of saturated fat. And we get that like from butter or coconut oil, Mm -hmm. you know. And then one fourth of your cell membrane is made up of monounsaturated fat. And we think of like avocado oil or olives or olive olive oil. Yeah. And then one fourth of the membrane is made up of polyunsaturated fat from things like nuts and, you know, nut, almonds, pecans, walnuts, any of those. You know, the saturated fat is really critical for tra- strong protective cell membranes. Because they make up the structure of the cell membrane. So they keep the cells strong.
0: So we need a lot of saturated fats to have strong membranes. That's what you're saying, Mm -hmm, right? That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm, Yep.
1: So if you have strong cell membranes, that doesn't allow damaging chemicals to get into the cell. They kind of come up to the cell and they bounce right back. Yep. I like to think of things. Yeah, things like that. yeah, like it's a, a fat layer, like a,
0: you know, if you think of fat, mm-hmm. like yep. pretty dense, you can't mm-hmm. get through it. right? Yep. Yep.
1: So, listeners, think of your cell membranes as a protective bubble around your cells that won't allow bad stuff to get in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's and that's our first step.
2: Right, good visual. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we recently learned that an essential fatty acid for strong membranes is also GLA or gamma linoleic acid. And GLA, it's a fatty acid supplement and it can help improve skin health, strengthen nails, enhance hair growth, in addition to, again,
0: helping to make that strong cell membrane for us. And so we need a lot of these basic healthy omega-6, right? This is in the Mm -hmm. omega-6 category, which often gets a lot of bad rap for right. being, you know, um not good for us. But there's healthy forms like this. Mm-hmm. And we need, you know, as we talked about with Anne Louise Gettleman mm-hmm. a few weeks ago on the show, which was a great show. Listeners, if you're uh you can get that on our website if you haven't heard it, but four to one, mm-hmm. right? So four uh a uh, uh, ratio of four uh, omega six healthy essential fat to one omega three
1: which is, that's a lot of new information for a lot of people.
0: Right, right.
1: So today we've talked about two important protective factors. You know, avoid chemical exposure as much as possible and by eating organic fruits and vegetables. I mean, that's a great place to start. And protect your cells from chemical damage with strong cell membranes through eating healthy, beneficial fats. But when you eat refined oils, such as, corn oil or soybean oil or cottonseed oil or canola oil, you negatively affect your cell membrane. These bad fats fats actually leave little holes in your cell membranes. So then the damaging chemicals can get in and damage. It damages your DNA. It damages the mitochondria, which is your energy furnace. So low energy. Yep. Mm -hmm. So... Are you kind of starting to see why we need to cook with butter, coconut oil, avocado oil, and avoid using soybean oil, corn oil, and canola oil? So, listeners, look at your cupboard and see what you're cooking with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I always tell my clients is if you are asked out for breakfast, tell them to cook your eggs in butter. Right. Otherwise, they're probably going to use a bad fat.
0: Yep. Vegetable oil. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, it's break time again. Okay, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Perhaps no other brain-boosting molecule has received as much attention as omega-3 DHA in the past several months. We know that two-thirds of the human brain is fat, and one-quarter of that is the a uh, fat is DHA. This fatty acid plays many roles in the in brain health. You know, after break, we will discuss DHA in more details. We will be right back.
2: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition and our discussion today about Parkinson's disease. Before break, Leah was sharing information about the supplement omega-3 DHA. So now I'd like to share a little bit of research. Uh, This comes from the Memory Improvement with DHA study. And in this study, there were 485 people all with mild memory problems. And after supplementing with DHA derived from marine microalgae for six months, their memory improvement was roughly equivalent to having learning and memory skills of someone three years younger.
0: Wow.
1: That's,
2: mm-hmm. that's pretty drastic yeah. in just six months. Yes. So DHA, it helps with the function of the brain cells. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we believe DHA derived from a microalgae source is highly beneficial for brain function. So we recommend taking 400 to 600 milligrams a day. So anything to do with the brain, this can be really helpful mm-hmm. for. It can. Yes, mm-hmm. And the microalgae source DHA and all of the other supplements we've recommended today—they're available on our website, WeightandWellness.com—and we have free shipping, which is wonderful. Also available at all seven of our office locations, our Nutritional Weight and Wellness locations around the Twin Cities here in Minnesota.
0: So, Dar, mm-hmm. if you had a client with Parkinson's, mm-hmm. as far as DHA supplementation, what would you make as far as a recommendation or what have you done?
1: Oh, well, at, at least six DHA, Yeah. at least, um, you know, 600 milligrams of dha at least and then i have them eat a couple of eggs
0: yes Mm -hmm. because
1: organic eggs grass-fed eggs grass-fed chicken from eggs but whatever yes you know from the chickens
0: that are out in the pasture (laughs) yeah they
1: have about a hundred milligrams of dha per egg so then you're getting a couple more hundred right so
0: that's a great idea Mm -hmm. and choline and all these other Mm -hmm. brain boosting nutrients vitamin a and d Mm
1: -hmm. good idea so
0: that's a good idea, yeah, and all that good fat,
1: right? Exactly for
0: your brain. So today we've been talking about Parkinson's and back to our our topic at hand. You know, as a nutritionist, I you know have to share this research too that was published ten years ago in the Journal of Movement Disorder. This two thousand eight research found that people who had the lowest LDL cholesterol, often referred to as the "quote unquote" bad cholesterol were at the increased risk of parkinsons by about 350%.
1: That is just shocking, isn't it? it? Is.
0: Yes. So the, again, these are these are clients that had really low bad or quote unquote, you know, bad LDL yeah. cholesterol had 350% increased risk for parkinsons. You know, in the book Grain Brain, David Pullmutter, Dr. David Pulmoner said when cholesterol levels are low, the brain simply doesn't work well, and individuals are at a significant increased risk for neurological problems as a consequence.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's a neurologist. Yes, a well-known neurologist, mm-hmm. right? And has some personal investment because of his dad in this topic, right? So you're hearing it from both from a clinical point and from a personal point,
0: right? So. Right. So we need that good cholesterol. For a healthy brain. Yes.
2: You know, just yesterday I had a client and she was told to try to get her cholesterol as low as absolutely possible, Mm -hmm. which is scary. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's lots of research about how that too low a cholesterol really negatively affects us. Yeah. And, you know, Dr. Pramutter goes on to say that LDL cholesterol is not the enemy, like we've been told. And the problem actually occurs when we're eating a lot of carbohydrates. And then that leads to oxidized LDL. So to explain this a little bit further, the excess sugar, processed carbs, breads, pastas, crackers, that leads to oxidized LDL molecules. And that's going to reduce their capacity to deliver cholesterol to your brain cells. Mm-hmm. Then that might cause your brain function to really, really suffer. So yes, our brain needs Cholesterol.
1: Yep. It needs fat and cholesterol. Right. Exactly. So protecting our brain cells from damage is so complex. And unfortunately, you know, we'd have to run into the next show to explain it. All.
2: <laughs> I think we'd be here for a whole day. I know.
1: Right. <laughs> so one of the things that we want to, you know, we have already talked about is certainly people need to have sufficient vitamin D. Yep. And we also talked about Leah, you just talked about DHA. The omega-3 DHA these are great things for your brain and we just have to just keep going and talk about this more in detail and so let's go now to the next part where we want to talk about what do you eat to help to reduce some of these symptoms
0: great you know we understand that Parkinson's is a movement disorder but it's a lack of movement or constipation that is the most troublesome for many uh, Parkinson's uh, patients. So sometimes constipation is the first symptom experienced by a person with Parkinson's. And my recommendation for this lack of movement in your intestinal tract and bowels and other, you know, shaky or stiff movements is to reduce, stop, and eliminate. Sugar and grains from your diet. Big, big step. That's a huge yeah, step. And a, <laughs> a lot of, you know what I find, a lot of Parkinson's, these are the foods that they want to eat. They yep. crave these foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a big step. It's a hard one, mm-hmm. but it's a critical one. And it's where I've seen you know some of the most benefit. Exactly. With reduction of symptoms in relation to Parkinson's. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Which i thought it was also as we were as I was reading more of the research, putting this show together that one of the first symptoms is constipation.
0: Yeah, I've seen that,
1: and we don't know for sure that afterwards when once they've been diagnosed, constipation is a big issue for a lot mm-hmm. of people with Parkinson's,
0: yeah, and sugar and and process- and processed grains, so we're talking cereals and bagels mm-hmm. and yeah. breads, pasta you know for they're all high sugar inflammatory for Mm. everyone, but in relation to the issues with bowel, I mean, a lot can drive more of that issue. More constipation.
1: Yep.
2: We see a lot of clients with constipation. A lot of them, unfortunately, but I always, always tell them, make sure they're drinking enough water, eight to 10 glasses a day, hydrate that colon. And then you also really want to be avoiding those, dehydrating beverages. So one cup of coffee, totally fine. But six to 10, no, that's just too much and really dehydrating. Of course, pop, throw that out the window. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But here are some other practical ways to prevent that constipation. So Leah mentioned cereal. Mm. That's constipating. Mm -hmm. So starting your day with cereal is only going to make things worse. Switch to eggs. Saute some spinach in there. Use coconut oil or butter to saute that spinach. So it'll add just a good amount of fiber in there. You get that beneficial fat. And then some foods that are really constipating, cheese. I know that's sad for people to learn. Bananas, apples, (laughs) they're all constipating foods.
1: You know, when I've worked with clients with Parkinson's, constipation has always been one of their first concerns. So in addition to eating eggs or meat and vegetables sautéed in butter or coconut oil, I recommend that they supplement with a probiotic, bifidobacteria, two or three times a day. Mm -hmm. The more, the better. And at bedtime, take a different probiotic called acidophilus. And that seems to balance out and help. A lot of people.
0: Well, it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. too, Dar, because if we know, you know, in the colon, bif- there's a lot of bifidobacteria in the colon. Mm-hmm. It's, the bi- it's the major bacteria. Mm-hmm. So it really, really helps with that regularity to make sure you, you have the right type of bowel movement.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Yep. Yep. You know, and my go-to for constipation is to add, on top of that, is to add four to eight capsules of mixed magnesium. And this mixed magnesium has some citrate, which is good mm-hmm. for regularity and bowel movements, and glycinate, which is really highly absorbable, which is good for our muscles and relaxation of our colon. Uh, you could start with you know, two to three per day, usually have them taken at bedtime, um, and increase if necessary. Um, and if you get too much magnesium, you'll get loose stool, so that's kind of the... The no to if you're if you're <laughs> a little bit too much so mixed magnesium is very helpful for al- also very helpful for getting a good night's sleep as well so that's
1: and I think that's the other thing that people with Parkinson's disease sometimes struggle with is their sleep
0: mm-hmm. yes
1: so you get a twofer
0: yes <laughs> usually they tend to have lighter states of sleep like they don't get good deep sleep yes. And the magnesium is a great support for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's break time again. Okay. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are pleased to be offering our weight and wellness class series this fall, starting Tuesday, October second, and Thursday, October October fourth. If uh, if six classes is re- in the evening are really not convenient for you, and maybe that's one of the reasons why you haven't signed up for this class at this point, you really may want to think about and sign up for our weekend weight and wellness seminar on the weekend of October 12th and 13th. That's a great jam-packed weekend full of great information. Register you know, for the weekend series um, and also our a regular six-week series. You can do so um, on our website or our office and if you do, by October 5th, you will receive an early $50 early bird discount you know I think of the weight and wellness series as nutrition 101 everything you need to know to stay healthy and it's taught in our way that will motivate you to make the necessary changes you need it really once you know that information it's hard you mm-hmm. it's hard mm-hmm. not to know what yep. you need to do you know call our office today at 651-699-3438 or go to our website weightandwellness.com. Do sign up to end or to get your answers, questions answered. We'll be right back.
1: Well, welcome back, back to Dishing Up Nutrition. On, so you know, as we Go mentioned before on, in the show, Parkinson's you know, disease is a very complicated neurodegenerative disease and symptoms vary greatly. You know, from one person to another, you just, everybody has different symptoms. Yep. One thing we know for sure is food matters when it comes to calming the symptoms of Parkinson's. That's a big step for people to think about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, I encourage an individual nutrition therapy appointment for anyone suffering from this disease. So call 651-699-3438 to set up a personal two-hour consultation. One other thing, there's I wanna just put out a reminder that on November 10th, we are having our menopause Survival Seminar, and that's a whole day on Saturday. November 10th. You know, I'll be there along with registered and licensed dietitian, Joanne and nutrition educator, Chris. And we have a lot of information that we share and some things like how you're going to get a better night's sleep. How do you calm your anxiety? Reduce or eliminate hot flashes and so much more.
0: Yeah. It's a great seminar.
1: You know, there's actually time to get your personal questions answered. It's kind of, re, re, we, we just have fun. It's interactive. Right. So call 651-699-3438 and get signed up. Yeah. Well, on break, we had a caller that didn't
0: want to, had a question but didn't want to be on air. And her question was, is safflower oil good or bad now it's a fragile oil Mm -hmm. um, and so we you know we often recommend if, if you're going to use safflower oil that it would be in its best form which is an unrefined or expeller pressed form um, and there's often a, we talk about a certain mayo called hain mayo that has that expeller pressed safflower in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I obviously say that's an acceptable oil or mayo to use. You know, if you're using it, uh, the safflower oil outside of that, I wouldn't cook no. with it.
1: can't cook with it. You can't too cook fragile. with it. It's too
0: fragile for that.
1: And it should be? Cel- expeller, expeller pressed. pressed. Yeah. Right. Expeller
0: pressed. You okay. want to make sure that if you're, you're going to generally use it, that it's in its expeller pressed form. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now also, oh, I mean, we were just talking to about they have now come up with better options for mayo, um, using avocado oil as the base of the fat, which we've been all pretty impressed with. Yeah. Yeah. and we were talking about different brands, yeah. and you mentioned a couple. Yep, there's Chosen Foods is a brand. They sell that at Costco. Yep, yep. Um,
2: Primal Kitchen yep. is mm-hmm. a brand. Sir Kensington. Yep, I did see. I don't remember which name brand, but one of the major ones, they said they had an avocado oil, but when you looked at the back, it was soybean oil with a little bit of avocado oh, oil. Yeah, a really good lesson to oh. be reading the ingredient list. You have to be Absolutely. that investigator. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So before we went on break, we were talking about constipation. Yes. Yep. So. Brittany, you have some other ideas I here. I do.
2: So if you need a stool softener, and a lot of people do, especially if they're on medications, so yes. that's a major, major side effect. So a trick I learned several years ago is that vitamin C is an excellent source or an excellent stool softener. It is. So using it in a powder form, um, I would suggest just starting with one teaspoon, put it in your water, and then you can add more or less, depending on... And what you need to have a daily, well-formed bowel movement.
0: Yeah. And so that usually is a rate, I mean, a teaspoon of our powder would be about 4,000 milligrams, which is a high level, mm-hmm. but often needed for something like this condition. Mm-hmm. Other people may cause lots of diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, sometimes starting Start with, with a half a teaspoon, half a teaspoon yep. to work your way up and see where you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, we kind of understand there's much more to this topic than we have time for today. I know. I mean, there's so much more information. So each person who has Parkinson's have different symptoms. And the right diet for them may not be the right diet for the next person Mm -hmm. with Parkinson's. So we have to individualize it. You know, however, there is research that definitely points to eliminating sugar and grains Mm -hmm. for better brain function particularly for those with Parkinson's disease and really for most people.
0: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And that said.
1: Eliminating sugar. Right. And grains.
0: Right. Yep. You know, so what are you going to eat? Well, eat vegetables rather than grains. You know, limit your carb intake to 30 to 60 grams per day. Think of that like six to nine cups of vegetables throughout the day. You know, eat adequate protein several times a day and eat two um, teaspoons of healthy beneficial fat with every meal, maybe even more. More, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. even more like one tablespoon to two tablespoons with Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. You know, and every snack too. Uh, Protein, vegetables, lots of good healthy fats for healthy body and brain. You know, think about it. Since our brain is 60 to 70 percent Fat. And since Parkinson's disease is a neurodegenerative disease, it makes sense that when it comes to your diet, eat fewer carbs and more healthy fats.
1: Particularly avoid processed carbs.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Like so the cereals and man-made. the man yeah. made. Yeah. Yes. You know,
1: all those things. Yes. So you can eat vegetable carbs. And yeah. even sometimes people have to limit those a little bit.
0: And lots of fats. And lots of fats. And lots of, and fats. Lots of saturate fats. That's mm-hmm. just kind of a new thing for some people. Like mm-hmm. lots of butter. Yes. Uh, lard and coconut oil. So really good for the brain. Mm-hmm.
2: Makes it easier to eat the veggies.
0: Oh, they're yeah. tasty on vegetables.
2: <laughs> yeah, And, you know, one question we get a lot is what oils to cook with. Yeah, And it's confusing. Mm-hmm. It's really confusing. So we've all heard olive oil is great, really good for us, but it has a relatively low smoke point, around 350 degrees. And the smoke point is the temperature at which the chemical composition will actually change. Yep. And you see that happening. It'll actually smoke. It'll burn. You'll Mm -hmm. see it turn brown. So we want to prevent that. Otherwise, you lose the benefits.
1: It actually turns into like a free radical Mm -hmm. and damages the cells. Yes.
0: So, on the stovetop, that's looking like, you know, medium-low heat, yep. typically. Yep. And, you know, salad, yep. just keeping it on for salad use.
1: I um, think there's, Brittany, I think there's been just a lot of confusion on that. There has. Because a lot of people do cook with olive oil. They do. And they're cooking at too high a temperature yep. with olive oil. Yep.
0: So, what can they use alternatively? So, coconut oil is great. Yep.
2: That has a higher smoke point, so... That works well for medium, medium medium-high butter Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Ghee, which is clarified butter Mm -hmm. that has an even higher smoke point, Mm -hmm. avocado oil—you can really use that for that high heat—and it's liquid, so it's Mm -hmm. an easy, like
0: easy easy right away substitute for olive oil. Yeah,
1: yeah. So one of the things when I'm making vegetables, and I love to saute vegetables. Me too. uh, More the better in my pan. But I use, I probably use three different oils. Oh. I use mm-hmm. ghee. Yeah. I use coconut oil and avocado oil. Nice. And it comes out tasting Yum. so good. That's so great. I challenge people to try that.
0: Yes. yes. It
1: makes it so easy. Awesome. And, you know, and like we eat more vegetables... When they taste great. Oh yeah!
0: Like we get, we have a uh,
1: we support a farm, so we have a CSA this
0: year, and we get a lot of vegetables my kids wouldn't normally eat, like collards, for mm-hmm. example. But I put a bunch of good healthy fats. You know, I use a lot of avocado oil, and I'll roast them and make them crispy mm-hmm. with some little sea salt. They just yeah. munch them right down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sauteing them with fats or a little few seasonings and vegetables can be really tasty.
1: So I don't know if we have time to kind of. Think in terms of if person is working with, or they have Parkinson's disease themselves. What can they eat? I mean, when we're thinking in terms of breakfast, yeah, because mm-hmm. we got to get things going right for breakfast. Yes, I know. I always recommend a couple of eggs with some meat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some sautéed spinach or kale or something. So that helps with to relieve constipation, yeah.
0: right? And That's cook that in
1: oil yeah a good healthy oil like mm-hmm. coconut
0: oil butter yes. oh, oh here we go all right all right our goal at nutritional weight and wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food it's a simple yet powerful message eating real food is life-changing thank you all for listening today and have a wonderful day
1: yes thank you. and next week is Brittany's. Wedding day.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations! Thank you All so much. Right.